Good morning. And grace, peace, and mercy be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we have an exciting uh, new topic that we kind of jump into. In fact, it's actually not a topic at all. Uh, Today in our sermon series that we are going to kick off, we are going to look beginning at the book of Ephesians. And so we're going to start today and go through basically the month of August, uh, just kind of in chronological order, looking at this amazing book that is written to a church just like ours. In fact, It's a letter that is given not just for the church in Ephesus, but it's a letter to be able to be spread around and to encourage and share with churches throughout the ages. And so this really is something for you today. Uh, Unlike a lot of Paul's works, this letter that we're going to look at today is one that wasn't written to address any specific heresy or problem that's occurring in the church. It's actually written for a very specific purpose of of lifting up the church and being able to share with them a very specific purpose. So the theme that we're going to have uh, throughout these next few weeks is going to be called Engage and Equip. Engage and Equip. It really is what God does in our life, that he engages with you and I, and that he equips us to be able to go out into the world and share of the great message he has given to us in Christ. In fact, uh, that truly is our purpose. That's something that we think about a a lot as Christians and as non-Christians. What is my purpose here on earth? What is the direction that I am headed? And today, in the time that we have together, I hope uh, we can get a little bit more of uh, some boundaries on that and maybe a little bit more encouragement from Paul to us as a church of being able to say, that is my purpose as a Christian, to be able to be engaged by God and to be able to equip others for the great service that we have in him. So today we're just going to take that reading. I know it was a little bit longer. Uh, Again, thanks for that, Jamie. Take that uh, beginning that we have and kind of break down a few of the verses to be able to say, again, how is God engaging me for this purpose? So let's start with verse 3 in our text for today. Paul writes the words, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. This letter today is exciting because uh, there's so much just enjoyment that spills out from Paul sharing with us as a church of all the great things that we have in Jesus, all the blessings that have been given to us. In fact, you're going to hear the same phrase over and over and over again in our reading today. It's those last two words in that verse, in Christ that we are given so many different blessings in Christ. It's actually shared 12 different times uh, in that passage that was read for us this morning. Uh, It doesn't always say in Christ. Sometimes it says in him, referring to Christ. But every one of these blessings that we hear today really is in the name of Jesus, in Christ. Think about it. If you tell someone that you are in construction for your work, Or if you tell someone that your child uh, got into a certain program or into a certain school, you're sharing with them just a small piece of your identity. You're sharing with them just a small piece of of who you are and what your, your purpose is. So when we hear that title over and over again today, that you and I are are in Christ, 
That's a major piece of our identity, a major piece of our purpose, and a huge blessing of who you are. But before we even get to that today, of who we are today, let's look at where we, we came from, of whose we are, of who has chosen each and every one of us. When I grew up in uh, California, I went to a, a small elementary school that was right across the street from my house in Lakewood, California. Uh, both my younger brothers went there. We just walked to school every day. And uh, I know for me and for my two brothers, like most boys, we just lived for recess, right? That was like the best thing. Uh, it's the only reason we wanted to be able to go over there is to be able to have recess because we could go out there and play tetherball. Uh, we would go out there and play, play handball. Uh, we'd go out there and play uh, Red Rover. I don't even think you can play that game anymore, ripping everybody's arms off, trying to run through them. Uh, but our favorite game, at least for me, was kickball. I love to be able to go out there and play kickball. By the way, Pastor Mark and I got to be on a kickball team about a year and a half ago together. I told this in the first uh, service, and they were like, oh, that was a great story that you made up. And I'm like, no, this is, this is really true. Pastor Mark and I got to be on a kickball team about a year and a half ago, and I'm, I played soccer for a lot of my life, and I can kick the ball super far. He can kick the ball way further than I can. So if you ever start up, uh, you know, when we start building here more and more, if we have a kickball area, you want Pastor Mark on your team. And let me tell you, Man, we killed those fifth graders, we right? We destroyed them. <laughs> yeah, we destroyed those, we destroyed those fifth graders. Two and of them are here yeah, today. Yeah, two of them are here today. And that's actually a part of this. That's, that, that is a true story. Yeah, yeah. So again, if you ever need Pastor Mark, let's get back to our, <laughs> let's get back to our analogy, though. With, with kickball, super fun game to be able to play. If you've ever played before, though, there's something that has to happen before the game even starts. You have to have the, the teams that are selected. Captains are chosen, and from there, they choose who is going to be on their team. And they look around, and one by one, your name is called, or you are pointed at, and you are selected. And let me tell you, it doesn't matter how old or how young you are, it feels good to be chosen. It feels good to have your, your name called and to be a part of a team. And that's true on this earth but it's even more true in heaven. Those spiritual blessings that God uh, shares with us today, that choosing that we have is addressed specifically in Paul's writing as he continues. He says, For he chose us in him, remember that is that in Christ, for he chose us in Christ before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight in love. Think about what that means for you today, that God specifically chose you. And look when he does it, before the creation of the world. When I was the team captain, I would pick a child or a student that was my classmate because they could kick far, because they could catch, because they could run quickly around the bases, any of those things. But God, when he chooses us, doesn't look down and wait till we are born and say, you know, I'm going to take that one because they're, they're strong. I need a strong person on my team. I'm going to take that one because uh, they have good work ethic and they earn a lot, of, a lot of money. They're going to have a huge salary. I'm going to choose them. God looks down at us before the creation of the world and puts us in our past in Christ. And because of that, he looks at us. We don't need all those things. 
any of the errors that we commit, any of the mistakes that we make. He looks directly at us and chooses us in love because of what we have in Christ. That's in our past. God choosing us even before the creation of the world, engaging with you for a very specific purpose. We continue on with hearing about that purpose. Paul says, In him, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. That first blessing in Christ is in our past. We're chosen before the creation of the world. What Paul bridges to now is what we have today in our present. This isn't just a God who engages with us before the creation of the world and plans to create us and bless us and then steps out of our lives never to be seen again. It's a God who gives us blessings today. Look at that list of the things that Paul rattles off just to begin with. A God who gives us forgiveness. A God who gives us the riches of his grace. A God that lavishes. He just pours out these things upon us in abundance. This is what God does for you. That he gives us all these things. What a great in Christ moment that we have now in the present. But do we think about those blessings? Most of us probably do. But do we know where those blessings come from? Think about it this way with me today. Uh, think about your favorite meal. I know, we still got a little while until lunch. Not yet, not yet. Think about your favorite meal, though. What's your, what's your favorite meal that you have? Maybe it's a, uh, a meal that you just love, certain type. Maybe it's hamburgers like Pastor Mark. Uh, maybe it's uh, a certain meal you like because you like to go to a certain restaurant. Maybe that restaurant is great, and so that's your favorite meal at that restaurant. Maybe it's a recipe your grandma uh, makes or has been passed down in your family that maybe your mom makes that's, that's your favorite thing. Do you have it in your mind? Now, just for a second, just to meet with people around us, I want you to take just a quick second. Uh, if you need to move around for a minute, feel free. Share with somebody around you. It could be somebody you came with or somebody you don't. Don't leave anybody out. Share with somebody around you what your favorite meal is. Go for it. What is your favorite meal? Share with somebody around you. What's your favorite meal? All right, let's get back to it now. And you guys can talk about food all day. All right. So you got your favorite meal. You shared it with someone else. And I'm sure there's a lot of different reasons why. You like the, you like the taste. You like the look. Uh, you like the way that it feels what's in your stomach. Again, maybe it's something that somebody makes for you. And when you eat that meal, I bet most of us devour it pretty quickly. Maybe some of us savor it. And you think about that meal and you eat that meal. Do you ever take time? to think about where that meal actually came from. Maybe some of us do. 
Maybe some of us have, have hunted for our own food. Maybe some of us have taken the time to make our own food. But what about when, when it's been prepared for you? You take time to think about it. Uh, the farmer that painstakingly went through all that time, months and months of being able to raise crops or to raise cattle so that you can have that meal. The restaurant owner that decided he was going to purchase a certain amount of food, hoping that he was going to be able to prepare that, hoping that he was going to be able to sell that, kind of stretching his or her neck out to be able to get that food into that certain restaurant that you like. Maybe it was your grandma that worked in the kitchen, or your mom that worked in the kitchen, your dad or grandpa that was out barbecuing for hours and hours and hours that was preparing, making that huge mess also that you could have that perfect meal. We see the blessings that are right there in front of us, but do we remember where all these present-day blessings came from? Pastor Mark today lifted up in the prayers uh, some different things, people we pray for that are, that are sick, somebody who needs a, a job, even things that we, that we celebrate, a wedding that occurred, uh, the resurrection that we have to be able to trust in if somebody has lost a loved one recently. We celebrate all those things today, those blessings that we have in Christ, but do we remember the payment that was made for them? Because it was a big one. Even in our celebrations, we need to remember that great price that Christ paid for us. Paul uses the word redemption in our text for today. He says this is a, a way that God redeems you. The church in the city of Ephesus would have been really familiar with this type of vocabulary because that, world, that word redeem was a word that was used in the, the slave industry. It was a word that was used when somebody would pay a price to have a slave set completely free. Imagine that. Somebody that couldn't afford to do so on their own. Somebody who could never work that off in any way. But somebody who comes up, many times a complete stranger, to be able to pay a price so that somebody else could have freedom. And it's at no benefit to them. This is exactly what God does for us. And that's why Paul uses that vocabulary word, to be able to redeem that Jesus sets us free from this bondage of sin that all of us are up against. A payment that we couldn't make on our own, it's way too steep. A payment that we can't earn on our own, no matter how good we think that we are. A payment that only Jesus could make. And in Christ, God does this for us. Do we take time in our present day to remember what it means to have a purpose, to have those blessings in Christ? Because this is a promise that is for us today, not just for a church thousands of years ago. Paul tries to reinstate that in the mind of the people that are there. He says, and you also, he's talking to the, the Gentiles that are there, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed and were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. And you also... People in our world today need to hear that. And you also. I can only imagine sometimes the Gentiles felt like they were on the, on the outskirts. Like they were not necessarily the chosen one. Because I think people probably told them that at times. But Paul says that's not the truth. You see, you too were, were chosen. Our world loves to celebrate uniqueness. We like to celebrate the ways that we are different. And those are all so important. But it's interesting for us to look at the ways that we are the same, too. 
And Paul breaks that down for that church and for our church today. And he says, you guys all have something in common. Number one, all of you guys are sinners. All of you guys have sinned. You can't do anything to free yourself from that. But number two, all of you are included in this promise that is hand-delivered directly to you. He uses that illustration of this seal, that you are sealed, it says, in the Holy Spirit. Think about that. You are sealed. Like this special document that has this marking of ownership, of being able to take responsibility for, delivered directly to another. This is what God does in the Holy Spirit to us. That he comes directly and gives us this, this great promise of what is yet to come. Because it's not just in our past that we are united in Christ. It's not just in our present that we are united in Christ. But it's this promise of what is yet to come, he says. Something that you have already been sealed in. He writes it this way. The Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance, will until the redemption of these who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Most of us are probably pretty familiar with that concept of inheritance, uh, usually something that is of worth, that is passed down to another. Maybe it's financial, maybe it's, maybe it's land, maybe it's something special that's belonged in a family for some time. But Paul brings that up today, this inheritance that is given unto you. People in our world need to know about this inheritance because I don't know if they always understand that. I saw a story of a man named Thomas who got married at a very young age, and his marriage, unfortunately, uh, was on the rocks. The husband and wife split up. They both went their own ways. Uh, his wife lived a great life. Everything seemed to go pretty well for her. Thomas did not. He got addicted to drugs early in his life, addicted to alcohol. He entered into a life of crime eventually and had no self-worth. Eventually, his wife had passed away. But just before she passed away, she actually received a, a huge inheritance, millions and millions and millions of dollars, and she had no relatives to be able to share it with. Because the two had never actually gotten a divorce, they were only separated, even though it was years later, Thomas was the rightful heir of this great inheritance. So a private investigator was hired to be able to track him down, and they found this individual at his wit's end, sitting in a bar, and they were asking around about him, and Thomas heard these men asking about him, trying to track him down. And he got so worried that it was about all the bad things he had done in his past, he actually jumped up, left his drink, ran off, and that was 20 years ago, and nobody has ever seen him. He never got the inheritance that was intended for him, all because he was so worried about his past and that which was going to catch up to him. You know, there's a lot of people in our world that don't want to hear about this inheritance we have from Christ in Christ because of their past, because they think that maybe it's too good to be true, that there's no way this story can, can be a, a true account. But it's something that people really need to, to hear about this future promise that God gives to all people in Christ 
a future promise that is guaranteed through his Holy Spirit. It is guaranteed when we have Christ at the center of our lives. And so today, to wrap up from where we started at to where we're at now, you and I are engaged for a purpose. There are a lot of people out in the world that need to be able to hear how they too are engaged and need to be hear how God wants to equip them so that the final day there will be more people in heaven because of what God has done through his son. And so over the course of this series, Pastor Mark want to really challenge you and our, ourselves to start thinking about people around you that can hear or experience through you the love of Christ. Maybe it's a neighbor that you have. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a family member you haven't talked to in a while. Maybe it's somebody who's just down on their luck. But who are the people in your life that we can be bold to be able to encounter and share with them this great opportunity and this great inheritance that we have in, our, in Christ in our past, in our presence, and of course in our future? Think about who that individual is as we pray for them now. Let's pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to hear your word today and uh, just this great gospel that you have given to us, how you celebrate your church and what you can do through us. Uh, Lord, we just lift up names now that are upon our hearts, and if we don't have one, Lord, we just ask that you will give us uh, the opportunity to have our eyes open to the people you place in front of us to be able to reach out to others and to be able to boldly share of what you have done through Jesus. Lord, we even come to you today and just ask that you will prepare our hearts now as we have a time of communion, uh, a time in which we recognize the true body and blood of our Lord and Savior that you have given to us in this, this holy and precious meal. And so prepare us and strengthen us to be able to go out and to be able to, again, share this great news that we have in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.